Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found. Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Where ag and life collide. Brought to you by Gowan. Mike Wynn, San Francisco, California. Drone deploy. Flying robots in agriculture. We talk it all right now. Hello, America, and a growing audience around the world. Welcome to Open Field Radio, raising the hip factor in agriculture. I need to make that into a shirt, don't I? That's what I should do. Great show for you today. A fascinating show on the ag tech side of things. We get these requests every once in a while, and this one came to us. I didn't find them. They came to us. A very cool company, Drone Deploy and Mike Wynn. And their whole thing is the software behind the drones that you, everybody's got one, right? We've all got a drone or your neighbor's got one. Somebody's got one, your kids. Anyways, this is the software that's used in agriculture and all kinds of other industries. We're going to look at the ag side of it today that uh, does so many amazing things and really makes these flying robots, as he likes to call them, applicable in the ag world. So many options, so many things you can do with it. Fascinating episode. You're not going to want to miss this. And Mike is so good. Sincerely, you know, a lot of times I jump in and I got something silly to say or whatever it might be in between some stuff. He is so thorough, man. Once we get talking, he, well, my gosh, he's good. He's really good. And the information spot on for right now. Couple other things happening right now. I want to thank you guys, all the listeners, all the way around the world, for making Open Field Radio the success that it is. Showed up at number 18 on the top 60 ag podcasts to listen to. I couldn't be prouder. Hope you're proud too, because it's you that made it happen. Thank you so much. There's a lot of room to grow, and we're going to keep climbing. But so far, so good. Thanks to you guys, we're at number 18, and we like that. Thanks to Feedspot.com for that awesome ranking, and you can check it out for yourself at Feedspot.com. And speaking of .coms, you know there's an openfieldradio.com, right? You can jump on there, find out what's going on, check out some old episodes or some old photos from old episodes or whatever. But I was looking because I kind of managed that site a little bit myself. And I got on there today and I got on the dashboard for the site. And it gives you some suggestions of things that might help improve your site. Now, we're a podcast, right? But one of the improvements, I wrote it down here because it was like, really? It says, add takeout or delivery. Me to you, if I add Chinese takeout and delivery, Delivery to the Open Field Radio menu. Would that help? Call it market research. I don't know. Open Field Radio Season 2, Episode 20 with Mike Wynn from Drone Deploy. You'll hear it all in plus or minus 90 seconds. Open Field Radio. I don't know about you, but it seems like everywhere I turn right now, there's something about jobs and the abundance of jobs available out there. Well, here's one to throw in the mix. Skip the job. How about a career at Gowan. Maybe you're in agriculture, maybe you're in science, maybe you're none of that. Check it out at gowanco.com slash careers. Great opportunities available and they're all cool. Careers right here in America and around the world. Come see it for yourself. That's gowanco.com slash careers. And tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. I feel like the more shows we do, the more we get to know each other. You know what I mean? I know you, you know me. Oh, look, we're just regular people, right? And when it comes to promoting Open Field Radio, I need regular people to tell other regular people this show is happening. So tell somebody, knock on somebody's door, call them up, send them a text, whatever, and tell them you're listening to Open Field Radio, and by golly, they should be too. It'll be awesome, I promise, because that's what friends do at Open Field Radio. Open Field Radio Season 2, Episode 20, Mike Wynn from Drone Deploy. It all starts right now. Drones are like the thing. It's like drones are everywhere right now. <laughs> that's the intention. 
Uh, <laughs> is that the big plan? <laughs> you, you know, at Drone Deploy, we have a kind of a vision that there should be like more autonomous robots and there should be workers in the field. Okay, we should be able to work, multiply the effects, the, the ability of anyone to do work and take out the dull, dirty, and dangerous. And some of those robots should be should fly and give you that superpower. Some of them should just have a couple of arms and legs and uh, get to work. Uh, <laughs> Enabling uh, people across industries. It's like a sci-fi movie all of a sudden, but it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's quite cool. Obviously, every every startup out of Silicon Valley or whatever wants to try and try and change the world. Uh -huh. We at least get to try and change the way things are done in industry. Let me jump in here for just a minute. Now, I know I said I would stay out of the way. I didn't have a lot to say about all this today because Mike is so awesome. But I'd like to have a little fun, and I'd like to connect with you. Mike likes to refer to the drones and all the technology that goes around it. He refers to them as robots, and you've heard him say that a couple times already in the show. So here's your homework. How many times in this episode does Mike use the word robot? Count them up, add them up, carry the one, whatever you need to do, and then send me a message on what? app or find us on Instagram. You can DM us there or on Twitter or anywhere else or even email the show info at openfieldradio.com. How many times does Mike say robot? Speaking of robots, let's get back to the show and a conversation on AI. Obviously, AI being what it is now and the growth of that moving at an unbelievable pace. Obviously, everything follows behind it. I've interviewed a number of people about autonomous vehicles, whether that be tractors or weeders or sprayers or whatever it might be. But the drone thing, I mean, I think the drone thing is more tangible to most of us because a drone isn't too far outside of any of our scope. We can play with one or you might have one totally. that you mess around with on vacation or whatever. So I would think that as you do this and move forward, uh, the understanding of what a drone can be used for, I think everybody gets it. Yeah, I mean, it's actually kind of interesting. It's, it's, Probably would have been surprising if you said 10 years ago that the first type of ubiquitous robot you're going to see is a flying one. You'd be like, well, is it easier to have one with wheels? But the reality turns out is that self-driving on the ground is, is super hard. You're definitely going to crash into things. And right. Whether that's on the road, with, don't crash into other cars. But even going around a cornfield, there's it's filled with obstacles. Whereas if you're flying above things with a drone, super easy to navigate that. You can do it autonomously kind of captured the public's imagination in the sense of all of a sudden you could have a drone to kind of do your bidding. You could fly it around, get a bird's eye view of your your land, your assets, your house, whatever it was, your sunset when you went on vacation. And so I think pretty much everyone by now has had exposure to a drone, maybe their nephew, maybe somebody uh, on vacation they got to see. It's like, oh, that's pretty neat. Uh, sometimes occasionally a bit annoying, but almost everyone's been exposed to the technology. I think you're right. Where was your first exposure to it and what was your fascination with it? Yeah, back, I, I started working in drones before they were called drones. They were remote-controlled aircraft. So that's been around for over 100 years, actually, remote-controlled aircraft. I mean, Nikola Tesla was playing around with remote-controlled boats. So the technology itself has been evolving for a long time, but really a key factor was in about, the, uh, about 13, 14 years ago, lithium-ion batteries, lithium-polymer batteries became popular. And that really enabled enabled these remote-controlled aircraft from being little gas engines, one-cylinder gas engines, to being battery-powered. And it just opened up the market to a lot more people to be able to get exposure to buy. It was cheaper, easier to use, flew for longer. And I used my first kind of bonus from my, I worked at the bank in my first job. My first bonus went to buying a remote control helicopter. And now that's uh, a long time ago, 14 years ago. That's all it took. Uh, now it's my full-time job. And you love it, right? And I love it. I mean, your hobby becomes your job, which is fantastic. You kind of lose a hobby along the way, but it's been amazing to work on this space and to be 
really at the beginning of something that's going to be truly transformative and, and understood to be transformative for as long as people have thought about robots. Yeah, and I think the idea that you think about it as a robot is 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 really cool because um, yeah, much like you, I, uh, whether it be a remote control one, I had you know the the line controlled gas airplane as a kid. Yes, yeah. Around it would go, and of course you get about three times around and it crashes because you just can't control it, and down it goes. And model rockets and anything you could get in the air. So the idea, as you said, who would have thought that the first you know really you know the robots that we all know would be flying is really a pretty cool thing, but not far from most of us, because as kids, we always wanted to fly something. Totally. <clears throat> I had a three-year-old. In fact, today I was in an airplane, and my three-year-old wants to be wants to be a pilot. We've all got that vision. And exactly. Not everyone can become a pilot, but everyone can buy a drone. Right. And that's true. Your neighbor's got one. And the idea that this is a part of now everyday technology is pretty fascinating, because you're right, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this was not even on the table as far as that kind of idea. What uh, what drove you to going, you know what? There's a career in this somewhere. Okay, you liked it. It's cool. That's fun. Where did you get the idea that you're like, I'm going to take this a step farther? Yeah, let me, let me make a company out of this. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the origin of the story for Drone Deploy, a couple of years ago, we I was flying drones for fun, uh, RC helicopters. And um, there was actually three of us. So there's myself and two of my co-founders. We all went to college together and all, always wanted to start a startup together. And we did a whole bunch of different things over time. Um, but this is the, the first thing that got us to quit our jobs and quit their PhDs. And it was because <laughs> it's easy to be passionate about flying robots. And sure. the first kind of use case that we really, well, the, the, the origin of drone deploy really comes out of anti-poaching. So you're hearing an accent and that's I'm South African. And in South Africa, we've had, we still do have a massive rhino poaching problem. And you've got these massive areas of land where you've only got literally a couple hundred people guarding an area the size of Israel. And um, I remember talking to one of the security guards that did work, anti-poaching work, and, and he, I said, well, wouldn't it be useful to get ice in the sky? And he was like, absolutely. We, we have helicopters flying around at cost of fortune. There's no way we can cover the park with helicopters and people on the ground. If we could have remote control airplanes or or helicopters, that would be a huge boon for us. And uh, the three of us started going down that path, understanding the use case, looking at drone hardware back then, 2010. And we quickly figured out there's lots of people building hardware, but there was no one building software to make these things easy to use. An airplane that could fly a long time, but then actually using it was 50 steps. You needed to pull out your laptop in the middle of the bush. And so we were like, hey, somebody needs to build some software that can work on a mobile phone where you can click a button, launch drone, and get the imagery wherever you need it to be. And uh, from that, kind of the, the the idea of Drone Deploy was born, and we started the company about a year later. You're listening to Open Field Radio. We keep our boots muddy and our ears tuned to the thorny challenges of agriculture. That just sounds cool, doesn't it? Because it's the truth. The Gowan Group is a global, family-owned agriculture solution business headquartered in Yuma, Arizona. Gowan specializes in developing, marketing, and processing agricultural inputs such as crop protection products, seeds, and fertilizers. Gowan has grown markets in the majority of the agricultural regions globally. A deep respect for science and a passion for agriculture drives Gowan Company to help growers solve their critical pest and plant health issues. Let's say it together. Gowan Company. 
So you know when you're digging around online and you find those lists of if you like this, then that? Well, this one's pretty cool. Maybe it's one of those they know you buy the company you keep kind of things. But I found a list that said if you like open field radio, then you might like these podcasts. Check it out. How about Smartless with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett? Not bad. How about the Ben Shapiro show from the Daily Wire? How about Dateline NBC? How about the Daily Show from the New York Times? That's only the biggest podcast in the world. NPR News and Conan O'Brien's podcast. You know what? You know them by the company they keep. That's pretty good company. That's why you listen to Open Field Radio. Quick shout out to some folks we know are listening to Open Field Radio. Big hello to Douglas, Arizona, White River, South Dakota, Aurora, Colorado, Schenectady, New York, Tifton, Georgia, Frankfurt, Germany, and Brasilia, Brazil. Thanks for listening. From the Gowan Global Studio deep inside the Lee Hotel, this is Open Field Radio. I'm on your site right now. I'm looking at it as we speak. Drone deploy. And I love that it says making drone data accessible to anyone, anywhere. And that's exactly what you were speaking to is how do you make this thing happen when I'm in the middle of nowhere? And uh, Exactly. That's the important part, I think, right? And yeah, I mean, this you've got an agricultural audience. So you could imagine it's really important that stuff is easy to use. Everyone's got a million things to do. How do I get data? How do I get it right now without a lot of fuss? And how do I do it in... A part of the world where there's not a lot of instant connectivity. How do I do it without taking my laptop into the field? And so that's actually been a large part of our success in the ad community is being able to build a product that just works on your iPhone or iPad. It works offline without connection to the internet and you press a button, a drone will launch, start collecting data, not just give you photos or a video, but actually create a map of, of your fields and do some machine learning. So a big thing that's happening right now over the next two, three weeks is we're going to see a ton of stand count, plant population, work being done across, particularly across the I-States, but anywhere they grow corn and soybeans, farmers will be looking at that to understand what their stand counts are. And they can click a button, the drone will fly, capture imagery, it will count every plant that it can see and give you data on your phone without ever needing the internet. So you can make a good decision on should you replant, create a baseline for understanding your yields that year. Um, it's actually a really exciting time of year for our ag customers. Well, let's back up a second because stand count is what got me interested in talking with you guys because when it came across my desk, it was like, wait a minute here. This this is pretty cool. Give me your background, what you understand about stand count and, and how drone deploy simplifies that for the farmer because the old way <laughs> is uh, quite tedious, yes? Yeah. I mean, you've got a manual count is getting out of your truck and walking around the field. Right. And literally counting plants. And maybe you're paying an intern. <laughs> maybe you're doing it yourself. And you're probably seeing 1% of the field, not even that. Uh, you're just seeing a fraction, just sampling here and there. And uh, maybe it's, I don't know, this time of year, maybe it's coming up to 90 degree heat in some territories. And so instead of getting out there and counting individually across a small sample size, you can literally cover the whole field. You'll be covering about 100 times as much area. Uh, we'll be counting every um, every crop, and you're going to see results within about 1% of a manual count. It's highly accurate, but there's much broader coverage, and you'll be getting data back in about 15 to 25 minutes normally. And so it's fast, it's easy, and more accurate, and you're going to be able to get that data and bring it back, and you can use it in your prescriptions in the future too. And I would like to say that a, a, an idea like this and a product like this, so to speak, should be a no-brainer where ag is concerned. Are you finding that as you're talking with farmers and talking with the ag industry, that they're like, let's talk? Is there any resistance to it at all? Is there any skepticism at all? I mean, you've always got like the different types of populations of people. There's plant population and there's people populations. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, 
And you've got some people that are very gung-ho and they would have adopted this a couple of years ago. They'd be way ahead of the pack and they would have gone through the hardship of using the technology right at the cutting edge, which is super exciting, but takes a lot of work. But now we're in a stage where the, the technology works. I mean, it's not perfect, but it can do a hell of a lot better than a human can. Um, and we're seeing a lot of adoption. Interestingly, you can imagine for a company like us, we're a software company, we focus a lot on the big companies, so the big enterprises. So if you're one of the large seed companies, you'll be using Drone Deploy, your, your reps will be out there, and there'll be a new tool in their tool belt. So when they sell the seeds, they can come back around, they can actually show their customers, look, this is, what we, this is the populations we could deliver this year. And um, it's a really good proof point. They're using the data to help them make decisions. Some of our customers give uh, kind of st emergence guarantees. Now, instead of making a decision based on a quick sample, which could be sometimes uh, flavored by emotion or about where specifically you chose to walk, they can now get uh, plant populations across their entire field. And so they can make much better decisions and make, make sure they, if, if they are doing a replant, then it's absolutely necessary. You guys uh, work solely in the United States or around the world? All around the world, we have users in, I think, over 180 countries. And I saw, if I'm not mistaken, I looked at your LinkedIn, and I think right there on your LinkedIn, it says, we're hiring. <laughs> we are hiring. Are you? Tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, across the board, um, we're a team of about 200 people, and uh, we've got a large uh, software engineering team uh, that's obviously working with not just making the drones do the right thing, but in processing that data with the biggest cloud photogrammetry engine in the world, doing building machine learning tools. And interestingly, we're talking about drones, but Drone Report also um, now does command and control and data capture with ground robots and data analytics. So we, we oh, bought cool. a company out of New Zealand that does that. In the future, you'll be seeing ground robots controlled by drone deploy as well. Wow. Okay. You guys aren't slowing down, are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very cool. Right now, I feel like we live in a time, and maybe every time feels like that, but right now it feels like we live in a time that technology is exploding just as fast as you can think it up. Somebody's two steps ahead of you. How do you guys keep ahead and, and brainstorm the next big thing? Yeah, I mean, they, there's a saying... Uh, out from where I live, which is software is eating the world. Every company is slowly becoming a software company. Um, and just like we now have this capability uh, where you've got a supercomputer in your pocket. Everyone has, every field worker has a supercomputer in their pocket. It's connected. These computers can do more and more things. Some of them are flying. Some of them are driving around. And yeah, technology world is moving incredibly fast. And there's this kind of rising wave, this rising tide where one technology in one space is influencing another space. Like major machine learning, a lot of the tools and technologies have been built to give you a better experience when you look at photos on your phone and so that's automatically organize and categorize and make them searchable. All that technology can be applied to understanding and counting crops or understanding the um, plant figure. And so technology that's being built sometimes for what might seem just kind of for fun for a game on TikTok kind of thing often has an application to the business world. And really in that space, there's a, <laughs> what matters there is just about continuing to innovate and uh, staying ahead. We've got to build the future. We, we're working on the, the leading company in what we do. And our customers are expecting more every year. And so we've got to keep listening to them and just understand what do they need and how do we build a solution for their, their needs. And that's so cool because you obviously understand the fact that they're looking at it at a much bigger picture than even you're looking at it. They're going to have needs and things you guys have never dreamed up. And suddenly there's a whole new thing to go out and, and figure Absolutely. out. Absolutely. I mean, you can talk about any use case and say stand count is one of them. Uh, I'm not from the agriculture industry. I'm from software and mm -hmm. drones. Sure. I'd never heard of it before. 
but you're going to ask growers in, in row crops and you ask them, what do they need? What do they wish were better? And very quickly, you start to understand, it's like, hey, look, I wish I had a bird's eye view of my field and I could see variability within minutes. That was, what, that was the first thing that we got out. And the second thing was like, hey, we've got to do this tedious stand counts. Can you automate this? You've got a robot, can't you count? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and nine years later, we have that product. Well, you, we've mentioned stand count. What else do you guys do? What else is that thing doing for agriculture? It, most simply, it's just an incredible scouting machine. The, the starting product is you can just simply get a, a bird's eye view of your field from the air. And that's not just a photo. That's a georectified map. So you can actually see where you are on that field. And so we've got a product that launched about three or four years ago now called LifeMap. And that's the tool that actually gets a drone to fly across your field and do about a quarter section per flight. And it will use the video stream to make a map in real time. When I say real time, it's like while it's flying, it will actually update. Um, and so you can see what your field looks like in, R in normal RGB imagery. We can do the sophisticated multi-spectrum and all that too, but most of our customers are just using simple RGB imagery. They can see, they, they know what their crop should look like. They can see variability very quickly. And while the drone is flying, often they're walking out to those areas of variability, whether they're a rep, an agronomist, a grower themselves, and they can go over and be like, hey, look, something's wrong. Let me go and see what the real problem is. And it might be a pest, it might be a nitrogen deficiency, but they can go there and see it within minutes as opposed to having to walk a field. What a great feeling for them to be able to react and interact, as you said, in real time, right now. Yeah, and with higher quality data than they've ever had before, I think a big thing why we have the big companies using us is, you know, they say data ends disputes. I mentioned that about stand count, and if you're the seed company, helping the customer decide whether to do a replant, which you might have be comping them. Uh, we've seen that in the insurance companies where... Perhaps there's a weather event and they've got lost corn. Okay, how much was lost? How many bushels? And historically, it'd be eyeballing. An expert, somebody who does this every day, would be out there in the field and they would eyeball and be like, hey, I think it's five acres. It's going to be this many bushels. Now they can actually use a tool which allows them to measure and it ends the dispute of the customer versus the insurer or the seed company. Sure. So you can both see together. This is, this is exactly, it's 4.5 acres. And it can just kind of end the dispute, build trust, and um, it's better for everyone. Coast to coast and around the world. You're listening to Open Field Radio. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you, right? Gowan USA has a broad selection of herbicides, fungicides, and insecticides to deliver customized solutions for your crops. Gowan provides the right programs to fit your unique needs, standing behind our products with expert service and support. And Gowan USA is family-owned and operated right here in the United States of America for over 55 years. That's a long time. Check it out for yourself at gowanco.com. And now you know. Let me start this by saying this is not a paid advertisement or something someone talked me into doing. This is just me, Mark, talking about something I really like. And what I really like right now are my brand new speakers in my studio here from IK Multimedia. The iLoud Micro Monitors. Whatever your listening status may be, so to speak, whether you work in a studio or you're at home or you need something great on your desk, I kid you not, these are mind-blowing. High-end sound without the high-end price, linear frequency response, zero coloration, transparency, headroom for days 
To hear the truth, you need reference speakers that offer up, and these offer up. Do I sound excited? That's because I am. I'm mixing this very show on these speakers right now. They're that cool. Believe what you read. Believe the hype. The iLoud micro monitors from IK Multimedia. Check them out for yourself at ikmultimedia.com and tell them you heard it on Open Field Radio. Open Field Radio. Like, share, subscribe. This is Chandler Bennett, Parabug, Salinas, California. Pilots of Bombardier, all bugs out, bombs away. Season 1, Episode 10, and you're listening to Open Field Radio. Cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Open Field Radio. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest from Drone Deploy, Mike Wynn. Drone Deploy, your company. Obviously, we're talking about Drone Deploy in agriculture, but you do a lot more than agriculture, don't you? That's right. Um, actually, the first industry that adopted our technology in drones generally was the ag industry. And we have some of the largest fleets commercially in agriculture. Uh, but we're seeing pretty much every industry literally under the sun using drones. And it's quite funny to say under the sun because in general, <laughs> sure. they're outside. Um, our, actually, our biggest industry is construction and then energy. And so we've got construction companies using drones to build what they call a digital twin of every site, uh, doing what's called reality capture. And so in the agricultural world, generally, we're dealing with 2D data. Like, what does a field look like from above? In construction, energy, generally, we're dealing with 3D data. We're not just flying above the, I don't know, the construction sites and the substations. We're actually flying alongside them as well. And so we can get these highly accurate, accurate virtual environments where everything is measured. You can see change over time. Uh, we have companies doing all manner of things, whether it's identifying the progress on a construction site uh, or doing surveys. One thing that's really exciting, we have a bunch of solar companies doing solar roof surveys. So if you get solar on, on your house, instead of a guy climbing a ladder, climbing into your house, drilling a hole in the roof to anchor themselves on and then taking out a tape measure, that guy can stand on the ground, press a button, and he can do two times as many houses per day much more safely, and you can do it about 10 times more accurately. Now, you guys are software manufacturers. You're not drone manufacturers. Does your software work with, for instance, my drone? What kind of drone do you have? Uh, i got a DJI. DJI, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have DJI drones. So it works with most DJI drones. You should check in with us, um, but in particular the Phantoms and the Mavics. Um, not every DJI drone has an SDK, so we can't talk to all of them. Um, that's a software development kit, but we talk to the most popular ones. And we also work with Skydio. They're a really exciting American manufacturer. And you can actually bring in data from any drone. In fact, people have uploaded data from Cessnas into Drone Deploy. So you can throw the data in, we'll process into a map and 3D model, and you can do all the same analyses than you could with a drone. So needing to have an industrial-level drone is not necessary not at all. Depends on what you mean by big. But in general, the most popular drones in Drone Deploy are the DJI Mavics and Phantoms, which are kind of the common consumer ones. If you're, They'll call them prosumer ones if you're half serious about a drone, spending about 1000 bucks, maybe $2,000 on a drone. Interestingly, especially in ag, a lot of the time people might be excited about the bigger drone. But in general, they it doesn't actually help you. Maybe you can fly a little bit further. But often it's a lot more work to set up. It's a little bit more risky because they're heavier. And really the, the standard DJI Mavic, DJI Phantom, Skydia will serve you just as well. That's cool. So it is accessible to the farmer, to the everyday guy, anybody, because those drones are available to everybody. Though it's industry-centric, it doesn't come with a degree you've got to have to not only be able to fly the drone, but run the software. 
Exactly. And there is a, if you're going to use the drones commercially, you should get what's called a part 107 license, kind of like a driver's license, the theory part. Uh, they don't test your flying ability, interestingly, but the flight is automatic. <laughs> so you press the button, the drone flies itself. Well, they say they, the, the saying with drones is, right, it's not if you're going to crash it, it's when, right? <laughs> uh, put, put, put the autopilot on and let, the, right. let the, uh, the drone do the work. <laughs> Can you can you shed any light without giving away any trade secrets or anything? Can you shed any light on things and drones where agriculture is concerned that are coming down the pike that are exciting? Yeah, totally. If you're in the industry, it's going to be a busy time of year for you. I think the thing that's most exciting is every year the technology gets more mature, it's easy to use, it's faster and works better. Getting a flying robot to collect this data and count, there's actually a lot of things that need to go right. And every year that just gets more reliable. And that's the thing we've been working a lot on because the stuff needs work 10 out of 10 times if you're going out into the field. Really what anyone could expect is like, hey, that the hardware is getting better with better cameras, it can fly further and all that, but it's the software that's moving faster and giving more insights, their stand count, but there's lots of other phenotyping kind of work that we can do uh, that's coming down the pipe. One thing I'd be very excited about is the future where drones will be operating fully autonomously. And so right now, you're going to have to go and fly that drone yourself and watch it in the air. But in the next few years, that drone will be flying out of the box from a central area and flying on a schedule. And we, we're working towards that technology so it can just land up on your on your iPad or your computer uh, with some results. And then we're very excited about ground data. So if you have a 360 camera, you can capture data from the ground and we build a virtual walkthrough. So you kind of get the, the Google Earth experience or Google Maps experience from the drones from above, but we also provide the street view experience. And today that's mostly done by people carrying 360 cameras, but we now increasingly have companies using robots to collect that data. Into the next few years, I think especially in agricultural research, you're going to see robots going through the fields, collecting data on which are the best uh, performing crops and doing that at massive, massive scale, watching, uh, getting data every day, enabling like micro, micronutrients and things like that. This show comes from Yuma, Arizona, which is where we're located right now. And here, huge agriculture area here, but in the middle of the desert, middle of nowhere. And the amount of robot, if you will, equipment and gear and things and stuff that are tested here is just amazing right now. Every time you turn around, somebody's got something new out there they're trying. And of course, we hear about it. And sometimes we get a chance to go out and see it. Uh, sometimes we don't. But it's just fascinating because where you used to never hear anything, it's like every week you turn around now and there's something mm. new out there that's got nobody driving it. Nobody running yeah. it, you know, or whatever it might be. And it's it's super cool. Couple things. Someone wants to know more about drone deploy. How do they find you? Go to our website, dronedeploy.com. There's a button there. Contact the team. If you're um, from a bigger company, the team can help you with like the first demo and things like that. If you want to be a first time user and you have a drone, go you can go ahead and just download the app and get to work. Get at it. What if someone wants a job? <laughs> go to dronedeploy.com and click on the careers link <laughs> There you go. and uh, fill in your details. I love it. I think the industry is exploding right now and so are the job opportunities and career opportunities are just everywhere regardless of what you do. Agriculture is the place to look because it's all going on here right now. What's your favorite thing about uh, flying robots? <laughs> um, it's funny. My, my wife laughs at me. My favorite thing in our house is our dishwasher. And I always like to say that you put dirty dishes in and clean dishes come out. And it's incredible. So I'm a big fan of automation. And um, I just think it's amazing. You can have a robot to do your bidding. You can send it out there. It's take its own time, 15 minutes, and it's going to come back with the data that you need. Uh, that would have previously taken you, that stand count might have taken you half an hour in the field. But now it can take you just maybe one minute of your own time, just focusing on the results. And I'm super excited about that automation. And today it's capturing data. 
but in the next few years it's going to be taking action too and it's really going to be a multiplier of what it's possible for a single person to do you've been listening to open field radio from gallon company like share subscribe review everywhere podcasts are found the views and opinions expressed by the guests of open field radio are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of the program all rights reserved no duplication or redistribution without permission 